shocking on Wall Street, ladies and gentlemen. NVIDIA came out with blockbuster earnings, where their executives actually said they would see revenues increase 170% year over year. Yet it did nothing for the markets, even though we woke up today thinking the bulls will be running. Welcome, everyone, to Buy, Hold, Sell. I am your trader, Todd Schoenberger, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, Tobin Smith, out in sunny and hot Scottsdale, Arizona. <laughs> and we have a very special featured guest with us today. Chris Rowe from True Market Insiders is joining us for Buy, Hold, Sell. Chris, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, we're glad to have you back. You are an audience favorite. We received so many emails and messages from the audience. They love everything that you have to say, especially the fact that you are the technician and you're probably our best chartman that uh, that we have uh, since the Gary B. Smith Todd, days on Todd, Fox. Don't you know that? Don't you know that, that he's got a whole bunch of people who send those emails in? Come on, man. <laughs> you know. Relatives. There you go. Well, listen. Well, you guys, both of you guys, are experts in artificial intelligence stocks. The AI phenomenon is here. As Dan Ives pointed out, the gold rush in AI is happening as we speak. And we saw it in the earnings report yesterday. But hell, all of a sudden, you had the markets just give out. The Dow's worst one-day performance since March. S&P's worst one-day performance since August 2nd. And the NASDAQ, well, it's been a while since we had a rough day like this. So where does it go, Chris? I mean, I would think that if anything, we would have seen in uh, what well, we'd see Intel. We'd see some of these other big companies coming out and popping today, but it was just the opposite. Where do we go? Well, at first, I think it's important to recognize that these semiconductors are a risk on sector. So they do well when people want to take risk. And uh, the market pullback is kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. It kind of has to pull back. You got interest rates that spiked higher, kind of has to pull back. September is the weakest month of the year, kind of has to pull back. We're going into October, you know, and that's after a nice rally higher. But that big rally higher from May to July or through July was much, much stronger. So much money came out of other asset classes, commodities, fixed income, you know, money market instruments came out of that and into U.S. stocks. We haven't seen that much uh, value flow out of other asset classes into U.S. stocks since April, May, June of 2009. Yeah. So, wow. And some of you, uh, you know, that are listening to this, maybe you can envision that chart back in 2009. That was a 2009 bottom. We haven't seen that much value flow in since 2009. So this is a new bull market. We're in the advancing stage. We just entered the advancing stage from uh, June we had, a, we had a bottom in June and then a bottom in October. From then through April, we had the basing stage. We're now in the advancing stage. So what we're looking at right now is what you refer to as a godsend. The market has pulled back. It has to pull back. It looks like it wants to pull back even more, so that's great. This is the best thing that could happen to investors right now. The problem is most investors are going to miss it because they're going to wonder if we're going back into bear market territory. You got big, fat yields right now. They can hide in money market. They can hide in treasuries. They're getting more and more excited as interest rates go up. They're going to miss an explosive market. They should be hunting right now. It's, it's wabbit season right now. It's wabbit. So, everybody's talking about NVIDIA, semiconductors, things like that. Let me tell you something. This, most of the market has supply and control right now, all right? There's a couple of key areas that have demand and control. There's, there's energy, oil service, oil and coal. There's drug stocks too. And just yesterday, semiconductors took the lead. Semiconductors are back. So if you look at it kind of a bigger picture, you have 
a big bull market. You have an intermediate term pullback within that big bull market. The fundamental story, I'll say very quickly because I don't want to hog the whole call, but the fundamental story on uh, semiconductors. I have looked at the fundamentals of every single semiconductor stock. And for the last year or so, you've seen the they've been growing, but the growth has been slowing in terms of their earnings and in terms of the revenue. So people kind of focusing on semiconductor stocks, they want to see them prove themselves. So even though you had NVIDIA come out and have you know, positive uh, fundamental you know, uh, uh, projections, and you've got some other uh, semiconductor stocks out there that had explosive earnings recently, it's kind of like a wait and see. And that kind of fits into that seasonal pattern and interest rates going higher. So kind of wait and see. But right now you're looking at the strongest sectors of the market, semiconductors, energy stocks. It's a godsend. You should be uh, out shopping right now. You know, if you're aggressive, buy into this weakness. If you're not aggressive, just wait for a little, little sign of a bottom. Mm -hmm. The RSI semiconductors are way oversold here, way yeah. oversold. And demand is taking control after being oversold. Mm -hmm. You want to own semiconductors here. Well, you know, Toby, I got to say, I love it. I'm, I'm getting my champagne. So you start talking. I'll be back in a few minutes. Uh, well, I, what, what was interesting is that actually, uh, you know, when, when I joined with TMI and Chris's uh, publishing company, um, I the one thing that really impressed me was how right he'd been on semiconductors. I mean, I, uh, transformative research, we've been long semiconductors for basically forever, but with PC sales down and then, you know, cell phone sales down and all the other part, they were, you know, starting to slow up, but they never broke. And they were the first one in, you know, in October 2002 to start to come back. So that impressed me. If you look at my buy list now, uh, one, two, three, four, five, we, we're almost all semiconductors or a version of semiconductor. Now, part of that is because of AI. Um, and, I, you know, uh, our AI list has done pretty daggone well. I think we're up now about 65% for the year. Wow. And But the reason is is that we didn't go chase it. I mean, one of the lessons I learned a long time ago, certainly in the dot-com world, running money, running a, a hedge fund, et cetera, we should have crushed it in 2001, Todd, because we were short and so on and so forth, but the short mm -hmm. coming rallies were 30% up rallies. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so you'd learn not to chase the short and you learn not to chase the long. Clearly, when NVIDIA came out in, in that late May number and just blew, you know, the mother of all beats, right? Mm -hmm. Then then FOMO came in. Uh, to, to Chris's point, FOMO is hard to measure on a chart, but you can see it on a chart. It looks like a Viagra triangle, right? You know, it, it just goes straight up, you know, boom, 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 boom. And at some point in time, people, all the FOMO people will have bought. They all go in. I get a chart on how many market orders versus limit orders. FOMO is famous for just market orders. In other words, I'll buy it at any price. I just got to do it. I just can't miss it, right? And we yeah. got that peak really in June. And that was awesome. And then we pulled back as a healthy market does. And a healthy market, we were, Chris and I were talking about this. I always go to look at the end of August. We're living in New York and being in New York every week for, you know, 20 years. I would not see the same people on the last week of August. I wouldn't see them in September. You know, they literally went to the Hamptons. Now, Chris yeah. says, well, I'm, I'm an old uh, fart. That's not exactly the F word he used. But um, it was, <laughs> it, it's it's more than that because algorithmic trading is now 70% of the market. Today, it was 81%. Mm -hmm. So people, I just believe, have, if they're going to trade their own account, they, you can't control other people's FOMO. You can't control other people's manias. You can take advantage of those manias. 
And, uh, you know, Chris knows we had a couple of stocks that just went maniacally up, you know, 200% during the first AI mania. And I always advise people to sell that, you idiot. You you know, if the mm-hmm. market returns 7% a year, you just got 30 years of returns in about eight days and then let it come back. And so we were able to do that. And now we, you know, we waited for uh, NVIDIA to come back under. We waited for, you know, Arista Networks. I'm just looking at the list. And they all came back as they always will, because on a day-to-day basis, there's maybe a hundred reasons why something was going to go up. But on right. the same day, there's a hundred reasons why it would come back. And normally it's just everybody who could buy and mm-hmm. would put a market order in and it was called the marginal buyer. Remember, the marginal buyer of stocks is the is the price insensitive buyer. And because of the weightings of all the S&P and, and QQQs, et cetera, we were getting this ramping up where where mm-hmm. more money went into the S&P 500 indexes. So they had to buy the seven, the magnificent seven, right? And so that uh, was 90% yeah. of the move. It's healthy now for the magnificent seven to not be so magnificent and it's broadened out. And that's the nature yeah. of the market. Because at the end of the day, yeah, there's 75, 80% of the trades were robots today, but those robots got programmed by real people. And the real people program them just to say, if this happens with volume or this happens with the altitude of the change that we're going to sell and vice versa. So the market worked is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, well, and you're going to say, well, go, well, Chris, real quick, though, if you're going to say that this is all because of uh, algorithms that we're all of a sudden going to have uh, where you have the bots that are trading, that human trading that's taking place and people are getting out of the market, the numbers yesterday should have been what really, I mean, I, I don't think there's a trader, even if they're on vacation or not, they huh. definitely had an eyeball on that earnings report. And everybody woke up today thinking, hey, bulls are going to be running. Yet you had the IT sector of the S&P yeah. 500 was the worst performing one of yeah, the day, wrong, down Todd. over 2%. Todd, you're wrong. Tell me. You're wrong Tell because me. real traders saw that jam up in the end of the mm-hmm. day and in the aftermarket. And real okay. traders said, I'm going to take those profits. Those are the easiest profits I'll ever get. In one day, some of these stocks up 25%. If you're a trader... Remember, there's an investor and then there's a trader. From a trader's standpoint, to get 25% on a stock in eight hours, you would would break all rules of trading not to take that profit because it will come back. And there's enough people, all the people who were going to buy did buy. When you see a Viagra triangle, uh, you know, chart like that, real people say, okay, well, I'm not going to buy into FOMO. I'm going to let it come back. Or if I was in it, I'm going to sell it, Chris. I don't know. You agree or disagree? I mean, I think that to focus on the short term right now uh, is a mistake. I, I think that when you have something that's so obvious and so easy, you're having profits basically handed to you right now. It's so obvious when you're looking at the intermediate and the long term that it doesn't make sense to me to focus on on all the, the short term zigs and zags. That There's a few things that I'll say. If you're going to if you're going to trade. You, what you want to do is you want to sell naked puts and back into these stocks because when the market's fearful and stocks are selling off, the options prices are getting bigger. You can get paid on some of these things in 30 days, like 15 percent, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's that's you know, or 20 percent in some cases. You're getting oh, these right. fat premiums that you can back into these things. But you know, having said that, I think you want to focus on the intermediate term and the long term. Right now, it's super super obvious, and I think Tobin, you know, you're absolutely right. Um, AI stocks, that's going to be the next big wave. I mean, we're already here, right? And that therefore, semiconductor stocks are the big yeah. uh, sector to be in. 
what I've seen when I looked at each and I'm telling you, I looked at every single one of the semiconductor stocks, uh, fundamentals, earnings growth, things like that. And earnings had been slowing, but at the same time with the majority of these where earnings had been slowing, what you're also seeing is a larger and larger and larger number of funds uh, getting mm -hmm. into those stocks. So you can see how many funds own the stocks. And, you know, the funds they get into these stocks, they're not buying it for a trade for a short term. They're getting in, they're positioning themselves. And once they're once they turn green and they go, you have a larger number of funds that are players now in the semiconductor sector that are going to be big mm -hmm. buyers in the next wave. So I mean, that's what I'm saying. You want to be I told you guys back in November, semiconductors is going to yeah. be the subsector, not the seven, not the sector where there's 10 or 11. I'm talking about the subsector of the year, if not you know, if not energy. So there you go. The, there you the, go. The long term picture is what you want to look at. You got something so obvious right now. Position yourselves mm -hmm. in semiconductor stocks. I like that. Okay. Well, real quick. Okay. We you might bleed a little have... bit first, but don't don't be frightened by that. Right. There you go. Well, we're well, I know the the audience, they want to know names. They want to know which ones of those of those AI stocks that they should maybe take a take a look at. But we're gonna leave that until after the break. So stick it well, with us. Teaser. Uh, for today. Teaser there you go. That's what we call it, show business, a teaser. That's right. Oh, well, today, we, our featured guest is Chris Rowe. He is the founder and CEO of True Market Insiders. We welcome everyone to go to truemarketinsiders.io for more information and sign up uh, for all the, the great newsletters. And Tobin, obviously, is, is one of the, the, uh, the featured editors over there as well. So there you go. He is the guru. He's the OG. That's right. And the OG is going to stick with us right after the break. So please stay with us. <laughs> Be right back. Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads. But this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. John Houseman for the investment firm of Smith Barney. Good investments don't walk up, bite you on the bottom, and say, we're here. Finding them takes good old-fashioned hard work, research, the kind they do at Smith Barney. Smith Barney is among a handful of top investment firms singled out for their work in research. Smith Barney. They make money the old-fashioned way. They earn it. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. 
So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to Buy, Hold, Sell. What a big selling day in the markets, despite the great earnings report out of NVIDIA. And as we actually saw the the entire semiconductor index drop, and we saw not just them, we actually saw all of tech, NAS, um, Netflix, Apple, Amazon, everything took a loss. Even the dollar store lost money today, Toby. I'm not sure where that came from, but who knows? I guess things are really good. Well, it's easy to, it's easy to steal store. a lot of stuff at the dollar store. I, oh. I still can't believe listening to some of these calls. How like Come a Dick's Sporting Goods, which I love that store. It's huge. And they yeah. have, you, know, you know you love Dick's Sporting Goods. Yeah, 25 you know, you know what? kids ahead, run into the store and, and run out with all this, this uh, sneakers. Don't get me started. But that's going to Dick's, though. But you have Target that's coming out saying the same thing. Yeah. I mean, are there trucks getting ripped off? Like, is it is it like, uh, what, from the, from the movie Casino, where there are, are Goodfellas, where they're ripping off the truck before it actually gets to the store? I mean, you, you're nobody's stealing a thing of Old Spice, and it's going to create a $20 billion shortfall. I think it's a poor excuse. I think the management just sucks over at those big box yeah, stores well, right now. They don't know what to, to do Tell that to San Francisco. Tell that to Oakland. Sa- and, San Francisco. And- well, we, 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 we talked out that we've had uh, Gina yeah. Martin Adams on the show. She said out of the entire country, the one pocket in the country that is showing tremendous weakness is San Francisco. So it's not just the crime, the economy, everything else. Let's spin out of this uh, right now because everybody wants to know, what should you be investing in? And Toby, I'm going to lead this one off with you. I know that you have been hot, hot, hot on the AI sector, and I know that you have something you've been chomping at the bit to tell the audience. Well, well, thank you, Todd. Thank you, Todd. Um, Well, here's a couple of things. We, uh, I have a network of subject matter experts I've developed over 25, 30 years, and many of those people in that network are in the semiconductor business. And when people think about semiconductors, yeah, you do think about NVIDIA, you do think about AMD because they make these GPUs and CPUs. Well, the CPUs in the AI world are going out. They're getting replaced by graphic processing units, and that's what NVIDIA makes. AMD is going to have a new one coming out here in November. But what people forget about that memory is a semiconductor too. And Micron is sort of the king of the castle there. Every time you add uh, AI capability, particularly in this generative AI, you exponentially add a need for memory. However, at some point in time, you can only have so many chips in there, right? And what NVIDIA does really well is manage the memory on a split second by split second way so you don't have to have as much memory. But ultimately, as this now we get more towards actual artificial general intelligence, all that goes out the window because of the memory needs. So I like a company called Pure Storage, PST. Pure Storage. Yeah, Pure Storage is a new technology that is a hundred times better in memory management than a Micron chip or you know any of these uh, DRAM chips because they're buying millions of DRAM chips just to be able to to keep up with the graphic processing units. Uh, they they are replacing. In other words, as you start to get these new well, when you when you get the new racks, you know basically if you think about it, have you ever been into a uh, these huge, huge storage systems that they, you know, run for for the cloud. These hyperscalers—that's what they call Microsoft. That's what they call some of, you know, the other guys, Google and Microsoft and Oracle. These hyperscalers—they can't buy any more memory. They have to buy pure storage 
memory because it's a hundred times bigger, it's faster, et cetera. So as you start to build out these hyperscalers and everybody becomes a hyperscaler because everybody is every every kid when they go back to school mm-hmm. is gonna need to be able to say, hey, what's the, how do you divide four by 25 into the third power? And and get an answer from ChatGPT, right? So yeah. I like peer storage because people don't know about it very much. Of uh, the engineers that I know that 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 are in that business say they are switching their their storage in their big hyperscaler units to peer storage because it's the only storage that they can escalate and and not have mm-hmm. to you know, completely buy a new rack or two ten new racks, et cetera, et cetera. Ticker ticker on that is PSTG. It's actually up thirty one and a half percent year to date despite being down 6% on the yeah. day today, still up over 30%. It's a good pick. I like that one. Chris, what do you think? I mean, is Toby full of crap right now on this one? Or do you think he's, he's got a winner? Well, that's not for I mean, if, if you've been following Tobin as long as I have, you just basically blindly listen to the guy. I mean, the guy, <laughs> you, you might, you might take it, you might take a hit now and again, but you're going to have an, you're going to have a, a big winner like Siri or, you know, one of these giant winners that's going to make up for all any, any hits. So, I just finally follow him. <laughs> he is the OG. There's no doubt about that. All right, that's the last mm-hmm. time for that. Okay, that's the last time. <laughs> I just got a, I just got a haircut, man. Come on. We'll Give put me... that on your media pass, Chris. Yeah. What do you think? What do you got? You got? Uh, you got? What are your winners right now? Because I know you. You just want to lay it out there for the audience because everybody's on the edge of their seat right now, waiting to hear what you have to say. He's sister semi. He's sister semi. You're gonna have semi. to grab a. You're gonna. You're gonna have to grab a. A pen or something like that. Um, I I've got, got my a Sharpie. Few, got a few semiconductors for you. I've got well-known ones, and I've got ones that nobody knows about uh, that are a little more risky. But start with the most well-known, uh, AMD. AMD uh, probably is going to pull back just a little bit more here. You want to you want to catch that falling dagger. You want to buy it on a, on the dip. Yeah, I, I would buy it here. It's at a hundred bucks, hundred and one eighty or something like that. Um, I like AMD. It's one of those uh, stocks that you see lots and lots of funds pouring into every single quarter. So advanced micro devices. Uh, you also oh, have fifty nine percent, fifty nine percent year to date. Yeah, That's incredible. We have what it on winner. our list. We have it on our list too. So it m- must be good. Wow. Yeah. Um, Got to be I- good. Excellus, A C L S is uh, you know another one. You have funds just piling into that stock. You get to buy that stock. It's up, right? You could probably buy it on a little bit more of a pullback here. It's at one hundred and sixty nine. You probably buy it around buck fifty or something like that. Um, you know, I'm giving you a shopping list so you can you can buy these things on the dip. Um, you have uh, NVTS, that's Nancy, Victor, Tom, Sam, that's uh, Navitus. And this is one that I really like because it's pulled back pretty significantly. It's, it's you know, it's down at eight. Once it gets above 10 bucks, you got a lot of funds out there that are now allowed to buy this stock. And you can see the funds piling into this one hmm. and the fundamentals are great. So quarter over quarter, going back a year, there were 59 funds that owned it. You know, it's it's not a huge company, 1.4 billion. 59 funds, a quarter later, 69 funds, a quarter later, 90 funds, and a quarter later, 157 funds. Again, Insane. they just got into it. They're going to keep accumulating these stocks. And what I really like about this one, again, it's NVTS, is management still owns 36% of the company. It's in their best interest to get this wow. stock higher. I love when management owns the company. Yeah. Um, I've got a, a couple it's a more. Ticker for you on the NVTS of 130% year to date. Yeah. 130%. Does Kathy Wood own this one, Toby? No, she, no, she doesn't. But it's interesting because this was a, a SPAC, if I'm not mistaken. And all of the SPACs got spanked 
And I have been looking at, at the, you know, these broken up, busted up SPACs. And and NVTS is one on my list. So it's got to be good. Love it. All right. Well, there, Chris, what else reason, you got? Yeah, there's a reason these these stocks trade up 100% in a market yeah. like this. It's because they're being pushed higher by institutional buyers that are just first getting into the damn thing. And, you know, they're buying it recklessly with little regard to price. They're tripping over each other, trying to get to the trading room. They don't give a shit what price they pay. That's why it's up 100% because I think it's going to go a lot higher. But these, um, but these stocks aren't crap stocks either. We're not talking about penny no. stocks right now. We're talking about no. real companies no. that actually yes. have real reports, real bottom they, lines. They I mean, also this, had a, this a is really fairly large short uh, position uh, at least uh, three months ago. Right, because for the last year, you've seen uh, the deceleration of the earnings growth and deceleration yep. of the revenue growth. So they started getting bearish on these semiconductors foolishly. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Here's another little tiny company you might have heard of. Uh, it's called Broadcom. Uh, $352 billion uh, valuation. It's AVGO, Apple, Victor, George, Oscar. Uh, this is another one where funds are just piling into the stock i'm not going to go through the you know quarter by quarter like i did with the last one but i'm just telling you that funds are piling into the stock every single quarter another one is going to be allegro a-l-g-m apple i guess larry george <laughs> michael let's call it george michael why not yeah, yeah, sure. um now funds own 79 percent, so funds are basically fully in control of this it's a seven billion dollar uh valuation and i will read the funds participation level quarter to quarter so September last year, 369 funds owned it. December, 468 funds. March, wow. 603. And as of June, 626. They are piling into this stock. The earnings are accelerating and the, and the sales are accelerating. So think about what I've been saying. The semiconductor sector, most of these stocks have seen their growth uh, decelerating. Okay, so slower and slower growth. This one, you've seen the earnings and the revenue accelerating. Lots of funds piling into this one. A L. Hey Chris. Hey Chris. Chris, let me ask you this because you brought this up a couple of times on some of these equities where you have funds that are investing in them. Is that is that something that you take into consideration when, or are you just simply looking at charts and then saying, okay, this stock is poised for a breakout? I mean, it's it's both. It depends on the time frame, especially, but. You know, I want the wind at my sails. I, I want institutional participation. You know, I want I want to swim with the current. If you've got institutions behind you buying stock after you bought stock, they didn't get in for five or ten percent. Yeah. You know how much money it costs to make a decision to run these businesses and to get into and, and pile hundreds of billions of dollars into into this sector. So, I mean, when I look at funds di diving into this sector head first, they're going to continue building their positions, and then you have more and more participants. Uh, that are doing it. You know, you want to do that when there's when there's a lot of institutions. I'll give yeah, you one. That's good. No, nobody talks this way. I got to say. So I would imagine the audience, uh, if you want to hear more, because I'm sure you're putting this in everything that you guys are writing over at True Market Insiders. Absolutely. You definitely want to check out TrueMarketInsiders.io because this yeah, is the in-depth analysis you're not going to get on CNBC or Fox Business. I appreciate that. You know, I'll give you one more. This one's a little riskier. Yeah. Funds are kind of getting, it's about the same number of funds are kind of getting out of it. You know, it's, it's had some, some problems. I'm not going to dive into all that, but it's a stock trading at about $3 and 40 cents. And it's a GSI technology. They've got a market cap of $84 million, not a big yeah. company. The, the stock has gotten really, really smacked around, really, really beaten up. But you know, the stock was up at about 10 bucks. 
and it's pulled back to $3.40. So I think you could probably buy this here on a nice bounce. I think you could see the stock wow. trading up above five bucks. So you probably make like 80% on this just in the short term and management owns 32% of this one. So, you know, Beautiful. could end up being a big winner. You never know. There's sort of a backdoor AI play because the, the, their technology actually accelerates memory uh, and it accelerates, uh, which again, you need in the AI world. And they ran sure. up, you know, again, like crazy, because, you know, unlike some of the companies where they actually put AI in their, in their, you know, call sign, ticker symbol. Um, yeah. These guys are way underneath the, the transom of the, of the average investor. But Chris, I totally agree with you from a fundamental standpoint, they are in great position. The valuation is nothing. Their yeah. gross margins when they sell are very high. It's still in the startup takeoff phase, but uh, I'm with you there, brother. I like it. It's a very, very, very small good. company. Yeah, I mean, they, they do like 20 million, 25 million a year in sales. It's not a big company, but I think you can get a nice dead cat bounce here uh, from 330, 340 up to about five bucks. I always feel so bad for cats when we today. talk about the dead cat bounce, Chris. I <laughs> well, I mean, this is a this is a stock that you know it traded from a buck forty up to nine eighty yeah, down yeah. to three twenty two. So you, yeah. you could buy it here. It really seems like it's kind of leveling out before a, a, a quick. Well, pop. also, also, Chris, just finally that. So now I have this screen now that shows me how many mentions on Reddit and how many mentions in the meme section. And GSI came on one day and it it it's, it's a meme level went up like four hundred percent. You know, that's yeah. a new part of of investing now that uh, if someone's there was a lot of shorts against it. So the meme, you know, at, at the Wall, Wall Street stonks uh, uh, section of, of uh, Reddit. Wall Street bets. Yeah, Wall Street. I call it Wall Street stonks. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know those guys. Yeah. Well, there were just a thousand, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, go dude to the moon, you know, so you know that those That's are the, the new moon. marginal <laughs> buyers and yeah. they just crushed the shorts. That's a whole nother issue. One day we'll do something about how, the, the short covering guys, how the short guys are getting crushed by these, you know, meme stocks. But well, we would definitely I do I do recommend that. someone if you ever watch see a stock that goes up three hundred percent in eight days, go on Reddit. Just check to see, you know, if there's not a <laughs> a freaking group of young yo FOMO YOLO dudes cranking oh, on it. Because, <laughs> because it's it's crazy. It's well here you had a stock right. that, here you had a stock that typically trades, you know, sixty thousand shares yeah. a day and then it's trading a hundred million shares a day yeah. the next day trade. Then it goes from a buck fifty up to you know seven twenty nine. So you know, it's a fun stock. You're taking a shot, you know. I mean, you know, it could get beat up too. But it's easy to move because it trades 100,000 shares a day, something like that. Very easy to move this stock, I think. Is what's, what's the float, Chris? Do you have that on your chart in front of you? Sure, why not? Yeah. Uh, well, 15, 15 million shares. So it trades 100 million in, in a day, which means it turns over its entire float seven times. Yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. a meme attack, baby. Yeah, and there you know, you the good thing about a stock like this, you know, we, we used to, we used to, yeah, you know, used to work on Wall Street. We used to say, say this all the time to people: when you have a market that people are kind of a little worried about, like this one, the market's kind of supplies and control. It's a short, th short-term yeah. thing. However, this thing has already traded from ten to three. You yeah. know what I mean? It's already gotten clobbered. It's already gotten clobbered. You don't really have to worry too much about any more, you know, that much more selling in this. And uh, you know, it, and. I think you could trade it from three thirty-six to five bucks, but it's also one of those things like maybe it'll go to twenty. Yeah, there I, you I'm go. With you. it's under the radar because of its small small cap. Um, it looks like crap. You, you yeah. know, if you if you don't buy it when it looks like crap, you're never going to buy a bargain. Yeah. You know, I, I'm with you. But I, again, what go. I try to always tell people, you know, this is 
if let's say you get in the next GSI, let's say it's AGI or whatever, and that stock goes up 300% in five, you better be a seller of that. Because yeah, that yeah is, this yeah. one you definitely get the hell out. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. unnatural buying. It's short covering. In other words, most people don't know the, that short covering basically means, particularly if you're a hedge fund, that you've, you've sold the stock short, you borrowed it, and then you sold it because you thought this price was coming down. But it's mm -hmm. all on margin. And if something comes down, like from $10 to $2, well, you made great. But for this hedge fund short seller to make money, they have to buy it back. They have to buy back the shares less than what they uh, sold them at. And mm -hmm. that's how they make a profit. Well, if the meme guys get into this, then all of a sudden there's this thing called the margin clerk. I don't know if you remember that in your days on the, uh, the floor, but there's a person who sends you, it used to be like a phone would ring. Now you know, it comes on your iPhone. And it says, dude, you need to deposit a million dollars into your margin account. Otherwise, we're going to liquidate all your stuff until you pay that back. Mm -hmm. That is the fear of every hedge fund, every trader, desk trader. So you get the F out of there when that thing starts popping. And, and so those are the mechanics. It has nothing to do with the fundamentals. But yeah, I, I, in a stock point. like that, I think you have to understand that the mechanics of the market are if they come out with a big news flash and or they get a big order, that stock is going to be another Viagra chart. There you, you go. Probably, there you probably go. won't get 40% in a day trading AMD, you know, but this one, GSIT, yeah. yeah. GSIT it is. Well, guys, you said it all. That's all I wanted to say. And I know we're going to have you back again, Chris, because I know you're going to have a lot more of these great stocks for the audience to to hear about and, and possibly consider for their own portfolios. Yeah, so listen, I, we want to, oh, yeah, go ahead. I love the show. You guys are hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we try to be as entertaining as possible, especially for such a serious subject when it comes to money. So, so mm -hmm. I think we're having some fun with it, but listen, uh, on behalf of Chris Rowe, actually we want to invite the entire audience to go to truemarketinsiders.io. You can actually see what Chris has to write, what Tobin has to write, take a look, subscribe, Definitely will be happy with it. Yeah, we also have you, uh, you know, free subscriptions too. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's uh, uh, free, 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 really good. Freebies. Go for the free lunch. Freebies it is. Freebies it is. Well, that's great. TrueMarketInsiders.out. So on behalf of Chris Burr from TrueMarketInsiders and Tobin Smith, I am Todd Schoenberger. Thanks again for joining us today on Buy, Hold, Sell. We'll catch you next time. Take care. Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about, and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.